1: If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.
3: Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 5 Eastern, 12 to Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you from the tie studios. Tie we will help you get there. Unmatched selection, fast free shipping. Free road hazard protection. Over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com. It's the way uh, tire buying should be. So this is making its rounds. And I find it to be hilarious. Hilarious. Do you guys take surveys? Um, If you'd like to hold on after this call, there's a three-question survey you can sign up for.
4: If I have a negative experience, I'm definitely taking that survey. That's my that's my revenge. That's my recourse, right?
3: Uh, I think so. I think so. Uh, we all get chances to take surveys, and yet very few of us actually take you up on that survey. But I, the uh, uh, 1,706 NFL players produced some eyebrow raising highlights and lowlights for franchises across um, the NFLPA. Released a second annual report on on clubs. What's most interesting is, like, look, they're going to pick apart the Chargers because they charge extra for daycare, even though they don't have daycare on site. I mean, and apparently the Chargers, when they travel, they have their equipment go with them instead of go separate, which is time consuming and they have to wait on the tarmac. Like, these are first world problems to me. Um the top five in overall scores the Dolphins, the Vikings, the Packers, the Eagles, and the Jaguars. The bottom five were the Steelers, the Patriots, the Chargers, the Chiefs, and the Command. Whoa, the Chiefs? Huh. Yeah. The Steelers? Hmm. Um, so I understand that we can sit there and go, hey, Patrick Mahomes is the magic elixir magic elixir uh the Chiefs, by the way their ownership got like an f plus did you guys see that i didn't know there's an f plus Isn't it is f is f like once you cro- cross the f threshold you're in an f there's not like oh, well, you got an f plus you know two grades which don't shouldn't really exist are d minus and f plus those two can probably and d plus really like you're at a d
4: you're at a d no no i'm at a d plus mom like, now you're at a D. I want to say Josh McDaniels got an F minus when they ranked the coaches. F minus.
3: Uh, Josh McDaniels. Oh, from the Raiders? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, I was thinking of Mike McDaniel, who, by the way, he got like a C plus or something. Like, he's beloved by the media, beloved by hard knocks. In real life, they're like, eh, C plus, which probably again we can draw them lots of infer- inf- uh, inferences. We can guess what's the what's the likely popular guess on this one. What do you think? The why Josh McDaniels doesn't rate out? Be- well, Mike McDaniels doesn't rate out better. He gets all, he gets all the shine, he gets all the attention. People love it, and he's you know they think he's playing to the cameras. I'm sure. Yes, Dan Byer.
5: I would also think that the offense probably loves Mike McDaniel more than the defensive players. Fair enough. Fair enough. So maybe you get an average grade there because it's a great point. Like again,
3: there's no why in these things. There's no why. But here's the biggest thing: you want to let me here, circle up, kid, huddle up. None of it matters. It just doesn't. No player looks at this and goes, "Well, I don't know." I can't go to the chargers because of daycare issues. If they're a free agent, they leave because they weren't going to be compensated at the right level or they weren't going to be used in the right way. I mean, look, man, you're there. Uh, yeah. Do you have to live there? Sure. But the reality is it's a job. It's a high paying job. If you're a free agent, it's a job you have to take a look at. And you weigh a lot of factors. And I guarantee most of these factors don't actually matter. Nobody goes like, man, the food at the cafeteria stinks, so I'm not going there. Like, what is this? Summer camp? You know? Reality is the elite guys that take care of themselves, they're on their own program as far as eating anyway. That's reality. Yes, trainers matter. Coaches matter. Relationships matter. But so does how much you're going to get paid. Are they going to use me in a way in which I'll be able to play well? If I play well, I'm going to have good stats. If I have good stats, I'll make more money. I don't actually care. And if you don't believe me, one of the lowest rated teams is the Kansas City Chiefs, and they won two of the last three Super Bowls. And you can say, hey, that's that's the magic of Mahomes, that he's the magic elixir. But, like, look, you got a beloved head coach. You got really good personnel. You got a great quarterback. You got a great fan base. That's the stuff that matters. It's actually a great, to me, this is as we look forward to the professionalization of college sports. Let me explain something which does not matter nearly as much as you've been told matters. Oh man, facilities. If all things are equal, And the coaching relationships are equal, and the playing time is equal, and the money is equal, and the location is equal. Can it then push you over the top? Sure. Sure. A facility can't hurt, but that's not why you get a guy. All facilities look great. All in all midweek, all uh, weekend facilities, all stadiums look great when there's people in them. Great, the Jacksonville Jaguars are a welcoming place. And I'm sure a lot of the Jacksonville Jaguars scoring so well was, they hated Urban Meyer. right? So anything since Urban Meyer is like, wow, breath of fresh air the last two years. On the other hand, like, is that going to help them land free agents? Is that going to change their culture? They, they scored one of the highest in the league. How'd they play this year? How'd they back up a playoff season in which they won a game in one of the greatest comebacks in NFL history? It didn't. What affects winning is not how nice they are to your kids. Would you like them to be nice to your kids in the family room, you know, waiting outside the stadium? Sure. Would you like to have, can you run a class organization, how you handle yourself? Absolutely. Absolutely. But it doesn't determine whether or not you win or lose. And some of that, believe it or not, is actually good. Yeah. It's actually good. This this is gonna every athlete who played, I believe, in college and most professionally, especially college, will know that this to be the fact. Like, you usually don't love your head coach or so you're it's a good cop, bad cop thing. Whether the assistant coaches are bad cop and the head coach is good cop, or usually the head coach is bad cop and the assistant coaches are good cop. Like that's how it was for me. And you usually don't like the guy. You got to respect the guy, but you don't like the guy. And what it does is it builds up an us against the world. And the same thing happens when you don't have the best facilities. I mean, look, that's what triggered the great Indians run of Major League, right? Remember, the worst it got, they put them on the plane with the with the props, you know? They they didn't have hot water in the locker room. How'd they play? Better and better and better. And, I mean, you know, they had to trick Clue Haywood. And they had to trick Clue Haywood, but the, the point is, and Clue Haywood took him yard how many times in the regular season, but the the bigger point is, if it works for Major League and it works for the Kansas City Chiefs, it's going to work for everybody else. But I, I, like you're trying to please everybody with things that don't matter. Would you like your organization to be like, hey, man, they do a real class job, handing the families of class, they do relocation well, They help take care of kids. They have like all these things. Yes, absolutely. You can be a first class organization, but it does not in any way determine whether or not you're going to win or lose, or in any way determine whether or not you're going to hang on to most free agents. That's the reality to it. And you can say it's an outlier. But the Pittsburgh Steelers are bottom five, and I and granted they didn't have a great year. But they didn't have a great year because they weren't highly graded. They didn't have a great year because their quarterback play wasn't good. Their offensive coordinator wasn't good. They got rid of him. Then finally, they found the right quarterback, and Mason Rudolph led him to the playoffs. That's it. that That doesn't mean that doesn't mean you go cold water in the hot tubs. That doesn't mean you go to a turbo prop. That doesn't mean you haven't ride the Greyhound to games. Okay? It's all within reason. But if you do backflips to make everything perfect, there's a certain amount of hunger needed. There's a certain coagulation. It's just a great word. Isn't coagulate just a great word? Does anybody... Like, There's of, of the 10 best words in the English language, coagulation or coagulate is one of my 10 favorites.
4: It's impressive. It's a good word. What was the one that... Um... Lorena loves the word juxtapose. Juxtaposition or juxtapose? I like the word perhaps just because it sounds great. Perhaps, perhaps, you know. I
3: like nefarious. Nefarious. Fiefdom, also a great word. Fiefdom officer, a great word. Um, but coagulate, I mean, like uh, how did I use it in a sentence? It was a really good sentence. I had a really good thing Does, going on.
4: Doesn't there. coagulate specifically have to do with blood? It's used for blood, right? But okay. you, why
3: can't you use it for other things? You know what it is. What does is, what is something happen when it coagulates?
4: Oh, I have no idea. I just always heard When your
3: it. blood coagulates, what happens? Thickens. It thickens. It hardens. It sticks together. It becomes, that's what a scab is. That's coagulated blood. Now you have it, you can have it, you know, in, uh, um, in your blood vessels as well, right? And if you're a hemophilia, your blood does not coagulate. But to coagulate, yeah, it 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 all the cells tighten together and then they form like a, a bond and a barrier. And that's what you're looking for with teams. It doesn't matter who the enemy is, right? That's what coaches search for all week is they search for enemies. Hey, look what this guy said about you. Look what that reporter said about you. Look what they said about you on Fox Sports 1. Look what they said about you on Fox Sports 1. Can you believe what Dan Byers said about you? Can you believe what Cowherd said? What Dan Patrick said, they're looking for enemies. You can have enemies within. Guys, listen, I love you. I don't know why management decided to put you up in this crappy motel and to make you fly coach. But look, clearly they're not in. It's us against everybody. That coagulates a team. It brings you together. It tightens you. It hardens you. It's not the worst thing in the world. Not the worst thing in the world. And and the 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 easiest parallel I can give you is Texas football and Texas basketball. Now Texas won a big game last night against Texas Tech, and my boy Brock Cunningham, who's like an Austin kid, is going to be the mayor down there. He went after a basketball, got kicked out of the game for using his shoulder to go after a ball. I don't think it was a dirty play, but it was a necessary play. It shows toughness, and Texas. For, a year, for 20 years, they were down in football. Maybe 15 years, they were down in football. And what did Texas have? They had the best of everything. They've been the best in NIL. Even before NIL, they got the best facilities, and they got new facilities to go with that. All these kids that they had been recruiting, at the end of Mac Brown's era, they were still recruiting really well. And you go through the list of coaches, and they recruited really, really well. And what they would do is they'd have kids come to their camp as juniors going to be seniors and sometimes going to be sophomores going to be juniors and they just handpicked the 25 best from the class from the state of Texas and they'd get them and they'd roll them out and they couldn't win games do you know why because everybody thought they were soft everybody thought they were given everything they were never told no they were never hardened they never had to coagulate this stuff doesn't win football games wins you a PR battle but anybody says, like, well, free agents will bull. Bull. You go where your most guys go where they're going to make the most money. Then they go where they're going to win. Okay. Then they go where there's a position coach that they know or a head coach that they know that they can trust that they can relate to. That's really it. That's the job. It's not, oh my gosh, we have the worst hot tubs or cold tubs in the league. That's not how it works. What were you going to say there, Jace too?
4: Do you guys also get this? And they just started doing this right. And um, I think it's a good, it's good for us. It creates good context. No there's always interesting things within. But, um, and I think you're right. I don't know if it really matters in the grand scheme of things, but it strikes me as such a Gen Z thing. Like, we started worrying about workplace conditions in the last 10 to 20 years. You know, we wanted to make sure that you're safe, that you're comfortable, that you enjoy your time and your co-workers, um, there was a time and place where when you got paid to go to do a job, you didn't need to enjoy it. In fact, it's a good chance you didn't enjoy it. Like, at some point, it became a thing where if you show up to work, if you don't enjoy it, then it's a toxic work environment. Um, this whole poll just kind of strikes me as a Gen Z thing. Dan? Yeah,
5: go ahead, What, Dan. what I think is interesting to kind of go along with his but a different branch. You mentioned the three worst teams. What stands out to me with the three worst teams? Those are legacy ownerships in the National Football League. The Steelers, the Cardinals, the Chiefs. It's been the family business for the Bidwells, for for the Hunt family, yeah. for the Rooney family yeah. that they aren't willing to adapt or to change um because of or or whatever. But that really stood out to me and it's it's not an old owner in terms of age, but it, I do think in terms of business and where it is, that it really, the three F's were in, for teams that have had football in their family for 50 to 100 years.
3: Yeah, I, I would also say that there's there's a couple other things that come to, come to mind. What's interesting about the Chiefs, and to a lesser extent the Steelers, is they both won. And I don't know when the poll was taken, right? There has to be some context. When was the poll taken? You know? And are there any whys on some of this stuff? Because some of it's like, you're just like, what, what, what about like the Dolphins owners got an A plus, right? Steven Ross, who, by the way, yesterday said he's looking to sell the team. Um, and Stephen Ross has been widely criticized by social media because he's thrown events for Trump, right? Well, the players don't seem to care. So w- what is it about Stephen Ross as an owner that you like? I've been their facility. It's fine. It's nice. I mean, part of what Miami has going for it is it's warm, right? It's just it's warm, and that I don't know if you've ever been in a place that's always warm, but generally people are in much better moods. Whereas in Pittsburgh, you're just not. Oh, and of course the 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 Chargers are forever kind of chasing it, right? There's a level of unhappiness with one the fact that they're not winning 2 they're in a, they were in a temporary facility. They're building like the nicest facility on earth, but I guarantee there's going to be more unhappiness. They'll be happy with the facility, with the training staff, with everything. Now they'll be unhappy with, Oh my God, the cost of living just doubled. And Oh yeah, by the way, if I'm going to stay where I used to live where the old facility was, the traffic's going to be ridiculous. Like you can't please everybody. So Look, I get that it's great to come to a place of work where it's really nice. We, for example, at Fox Sports Radio have a beautiful brand new studio. Beautiful brand new studio. And for us, I do think it helps because, for example, in this studio, I can see Dan. Clearly. The old one, I couldn't see him at all. I, I can see Jay Stu. I can see Chris Profet. I can see the fact that Dan has layers and layers of medication because he's fighting this thing, he's fighting this uh, this cold off. So it's cool, it's fun, it feels like people are investing in you, people. But does that keep you hungry? Does that make you win football games? There is no direct correlation. And we're in a bottom line business, and that's the bottom line. Doug Olive show. Um, I saw this quote from Caleb Williams. As the saying goes, the legends live on. That's my goal of playing football, not the money, not the fame to be immortal. I want to reach the sense of being a legend, being at the table, having a rightful seat through hard work and energy. And it's time. I've put the time I put into the game that we all love. Um, I don't mind it. Because what happens, what do you have to accomplish to have immortality? You have to win. And and if we look back, it's really interesting. Do you guys remember when Cam Newton came out? When Cam Newton came out, and you can Google this, right? He was asked about, you know, like his goals. And he wanted to be an icon, but it wasn't about winning. Like he wanted to be a cultural icon to change the culture, the perception of the position. And I will say this, he's actually done that. Right? He's done it. He's more than a football player. He wanted to be the big show. He wanted to be a cultural icon. He wanted to dress different, walk different, talk different, purport himself differently than all of his contemporaries. And he has. Now, he didn't win a Super Bowl. And to me, the the thing I'll always hold against Cam Newton was, I think they were down six, winnable game against a great Denver Broncos defense. It was a fumble. It was on the field in the Super Bowl. And afterwards, he was just like, man, I ain't giving up. I could, somebody could take out my legs going to get, going to get in that ball. But it's the Super Bowl. You literally only got one shot. And you let somebody else pick up what became a game deciding fumble because you want to protect yourself, which plays into the exactly what he was about. He was about protecting Cam, protecting Cam's image. Caleb saying, "I want to be, I want to be immortal. Okay? I want to be immortal." With the exception of Dan Marino, any other, and he's like the only exception. And even Dan Marino's the been to one Super Bowl, never won one. It's always going to be held against him. All the other immortals have one thing in common. They win. So I don't mind it. I don't mind. It. I don't mind. Eric Eager joins us. He's an NFL analytics expert. He's the VP and partner of for Sumer Sports, a sports analytics company, and he co-hosts the Sumer Sports Show podcast with former NFL GM Thomas Dimitroff. Uh, and of course he's joining us from the from the combine and Eric, with analytics, how much is that used in their evals of college players
6: these days? Doug, it's good to talk to you yeah it's it, you know it's it's used quite a bit now in terms of having to discern the the players who skip this event altogether now, right you're you're getting you know no Drake May, no Jaden Daniels, obviously no Caleb Williams. Uh, Marvin Harrison isn't even coming to the event. He's not even interviewing uh, with the teams in person. Uh, You're not getting as many players even doing the three-cone drill, for example. Some, you know, not even doing the 40. Uh, So a lot of times, you know, the analytics have to uh, impute Kind of what the athleticism of these players are, and and I know uh, my boss, who uh, Thomas, who really loves kind of sitting in those stands and watching those guys uh, do their do their thing athletically uh, on that field. uh, It it now comes down to the numbers guys taking those you know the the data from the chips either on the field, uh, you know, when they're in college. Uh, or, you know, either in some of the workouts uh, and and trying to come up with a proxy for how athletic the players are, Uh, in addition to, you know, sort of all of the production metrics that you get from their college uh, film.
3: Um, Okay, in regards to uh, running backs, I think running backs are going to be the biggest discussion point on the free agent market, and I don't think it's really close, right? And you have all these running backs who are coming off of, whether it's a franchise tag or a one-year deal, Saquon Barkley... Uh, Tony Pollard, Derrick Henry, Josh Jacobs, uh, who else am I? I forgetting anybody else? A couple others, I'm sure. Um, What do analytics tell you about some of these guys and what their true value should be?
6: Well, the the hard part is that, you know, for example, with Tony Pollard, it's so context specific. Uh, You know, when when Pollard was behind Ezekiel Elliott, he was a five yard per carry back. Uh, And when he had to carry the load, he was a four yard per carry back. Uh, Some of that had to do with injury, but a lot of that had to do with. The fact that you know, as volume goes up, efficiency goes down. Uh, some of it has to do with you know, as, as your offensive line changes, your efficiency uh, changes. And and uh, I think that that's true. You know, when you look at Saquon Barkley, who's had two phenomenal years of his career, and then other years have been uh, beside by injuries, beside by bad offensive play. Uh, generally speaking, these these teams have wised up to the fact that when you're going to give big contracts, big guaranteed dollars to players, that player has to sort of Transcend uh, a lot of the exter- external things. And, you know, football is a very contextual game where every player kind of is is no players independent of the others, but there are players like, you know, positions like quarterback and defensive end and to a lesser extent, cornerback where they're less independent or less dependent than others. Running back is maybe the most dependent position on other positions. And, you know, I think teams are just less willing to give out a lot of money to, to players who are just going to depend upon the dollars you give to other players.
3: Um, I, I, I frankly really agree with you. Um, Okay, what's the next step in analytics, or what? What do you think is going to change the most in the short term in the NFL because of the use of analytics?
6: Uh, I think, I think to me, it's going to be player development. So the NFL has, you know, with the 2011, you know, collective bargaining agreement, um, you know, we had this the the four year contract for players, right? Where uh, Sam Bradford. When he was drafted first overall in 2010, got a 50 million guaranteed deal. And Cam Newton, his contract in 2011 as the first overall pick, wasn't even close to that money, that much money uh, overall. And you know, the NFL in response, you know, it became kind of a potato chip league where uh, you know you draft players and you turn and burn players, and there wasn't a ton of value uh, in developing players. But what we've seen uh, is a decrease in value of you know in, in ability. Of offensive lines and defensive backfields in linebacker play. And a lot of that is just because we've put so much of a de emphasis on developing players at positions where development matters a lot, like offensive line. And, you know, in my opinion, um, because we don't have the quarterbacks that kind of transcend offensive line play, the big Ben Roethlisbergers, the Drew Breeses, the Tom Bradys, the Peyton Mannings, those guys are all retiring out of the league. And some of these guys that are coming out of college, you know, the Bryce Youngs of the world, they're you know, Jaden Daniels. Those guys are going to be really dependent upon the the five guys in front of them. That the the front offices that leverage analytics, that leverage uh, you know their offensive line coach in conjunction with the dorks like me uh, to make their offensive linemen you know squeeze ten percent out of each of those five guys uh, using tracking data, using uh, you know production metrics and things like that. Those are the teams that are going to get an edge, and it's going to be an edge that's unrealized because you know, previous incentive structures in the league have made it so uh, so much less valuable uh, over the course of the last 10 to 15 years to develop those those positions. Mm,
3: it's, fa- it's really, I mean, it's super interesting. Uh, one thing on analytics, um, have you noticed that anytime time a coach makes a controversial decision to go for it, it's always blamed on, an- and like, oh, analytics. Yeah. <laughs> right? Where, like, Dan Campbell, when they're up 14, 24, 10, um, against the Forty ers instead of kicking the field goal. Now, granted, I'm sure did analytics say to go for it there anyway.
6: It did, but yeah, it has devolved into like anything I don't like is right. analytics. Right when when it, when it's like you know uh, no one got after Kyle Shanahan for going for that fourth down. Like basically the exact same fourth down that Dan Campbell got, you know, killed for down three. Uh, you know late in a playoff game. Now they converted to George Kittle and, you know, no one is spoken of it since because it, they, they converted it. It's the exact same situation. And, you know, I, I think that obviously analytics is about the re- the process versus the result. Um, but yeah, whenever you don't like the results, you blame it on analytics. And whenever the result is good, you, you kind of say, well, of course I, you know, uh, anybody would have gone for that play.
3: Yeah. Well, I I like it. They went to Dan Campbell and he was just like, this is who we are. This is what we do. It was a gut feel like he never mentioned analytics at all. And then, of course, everybody's like, well, of course, it's analytics. Of course, it's of course, it's it's analytics. Eric Eber, NFL analytics expert, VP and partner at Sumer Sports. um, And he co-hosts the Sumer Sports Show podcast with former NFL GM Thomas Dimitrov. You're at the Combine in Indy. All right. Give me a quick preview. Uh, The next pod that drops, what's going to be on it?
6: Yeah, Thomas, and i are going to go over what we saw here at the Combine. I mean, we've met with, you know, basically every team here. Uh, you know, it's always so much fun to, to talk to these teams and, and get a pulse of kind of not only, you know, what the questions they're asking, like, you know, what they're valuing. Like I said, I think that a big thing right now in the NFL is going to be player uh, development. I, I just I think that because quarterbacks carried this league for the last decade or so, we overlooked a lot of deficiencies in in coaching and, and deficiencies in uh, a lot of the weak link systems that quarterbacks brush over. With a lot of these guys not necessarily being as strong as they used to at that position, uh, I think a lot. I think a lot more of these you know weak link systems, secondary, offensive line. Those are going to be on the forefront now.
3: Hey uh, Eric, I can't wait to hear the pod. Tell Thomas we said hello. Thanks so much for being our guest.
6: Doug, thanks for having me on. Take care.
3: Hey guys, are we okay saying the word analytics repeatedly on the radio? Because a lot of people think it's a bad word. So I just want to make sure, right? Like it's the one of the one of the words you're not allowed to say.
4: I thought it makes you sound smart, or was that? I don't
3: know. I drop that? You have I was about to, to say
4: it? I've been adjusting the dump button quite a bit in
1: yeah. uh, rapid fire. It it. Alex,
4: ah.
5: whoa. <laughs> Just don't pronounce it differently. That'll get you in trouble. Wow. Yeah.
1: <laughs> what? I
4: did, I did not see that coming. What? Just Who's looking out guy? for you guys. Well, I appreciate that. Maybe yeah. when he's a little under the weather, it gets a little more a little, blue yeah. with his language. Well, you never know. He's
3: a little, little different there. Um, what is the, the the diagnosis of this? Uh, I, I heard Big Mike say, how are you feeling? And you said, not well. And he said, stay the hell away from me. Well, uh- Which is... <laughs> I am, uh, but for people who don't know, Big Mike runs our facility. Yeah, I, I,
5: I had a sore throat that kind uh, l- of developed. Never heard little over twenty-four hours ago. Yeah, and it just kind of hasn't gone away. It's
3: going around. It it's going around.
5: I, I, JJ Stu, it's going around. Yeah, last night. was time yeah, This yeah. time of year. Yeah, I was just telling the guys last night's night sleep stunk. It was awful. Just hoping to hoping to shake it, but. That's what it is. Okay, so, so there may be a little what's, rat. what's
3: the what's the plan for shaking shaking the,
5: the I don't I don't know. I we our 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 world is upside down away from you know yeah. a, away from work right now. So it's uh so yeah, so we're trying to figure it all out and I I think some R E S T would be great. All right, get some R
3: E S T. Yes. Uh, we want to make sure that you get some R E S P E C T for <laughs> working while being sick. That's what uh, something means to me.
5: We I just think. had this argument. We talked about it last week. Of do you go in sick now? Like before, you never did. And so I, I think your job guilty. is different. And I'll yeah. tell you
3: why. You
5: have your own studio. Like that if, is true.
3: The only thing you have to do is take off that little mic cover thing, whatever. Wipe down your computer. You know, whatever. Nick Cope was in there before you. You wait till he was out. Now you're in. Like literally, he's in his yeah. own little box. His own little box. That's correct. Yes. So I think you're good. You know, like I mean, the- I thought Jay Stu showing up in a hazmat suit. I thought that was a little much, dude. Yeah, there's a little uncomfortable. Like he's that's a he, he you don't want to make him feel bad for being sick. It's not his own fault. Right? And we hope everything that's going on at home get, gets better.
6: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific.
0: There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex platinum card helps you have the perfect trip.
3: Doug Gottlieb show, Fox Sports Radio. Let Express Employment Professionals help hire your next pro. Forget about posting jobs and sifting through resumes. Interviews with unqualified applicants. Move up to the pros. Go to ExpressPros.com. Find a location near you. That's ExpressPros.com. Now it's time for the Express Pros Pro of the Week. The Pro of the Week goes to the Cavs swingman, Max Struess, who had a half-quarter at the buzzer to beat the Mavericks last night, ending a uh, ending to a 15-point fourth quarter for Struess. Congrats to Max Struess for being our Express Pros Pro of the Week. Let's get to a game. game
5: time! This is game time. It's game time.
6: On the Doug Gottlieb Show.
5: Doug, not to be the bearer of bad news, but it's circulating around social media that actor and comedian Richard Lewis has passed away. So, curb your enthusiasm, the most recent stuff, but... Uh, yeah, circulating around that he is—he's uh, passed at the age of 76. Still waiting for the TMZ confirmation, but just wanted to pass that along.
3: Uh, yeah, I mean Richard Lewis, kind of um, in the in the world of comedy, renowned. I—I I don't know if in mainstream, like you know, Richard Lewis died, like who? But in comedy, it's a lot like um. Garrett, when Gary Shanling died, you know, and I know he had the Gary Shandling show, but like in the world of comedians, people are like, dude, Gary Shanling was incredible.
5: Richard Lewis, much to say. All right, let's get to a game. Let's try to lighten things up. RIP to Richard Lewis. Uh, the game today is... For better or worse. All right, for better or worse. Jaden Daniels versus Drake May. The LSU product versus the North Carolina... Product. Mmm.
3: LSU product versus the North Carolina product. Um. I'm gonna go with Jaden Daniels.
5: Daniels better than May.
3: Yeah. Um, obviously the athleticism. I love the fact that Jaden Daniels, you know, he the guys at Arizona State helped clean out his locker. They clowned him when he left, and yeah. all he did was go win the Heisman Trophy. Um I just think. Uh, he has the inner inner toughness, the athleticism. I think his release is a little uh, shorter, and and uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, obviously Drake may gigantic arm, but it doesn't strike me as necessarily the most effective one. I'm gonna go with Jane Daniels.
5: How about this one, Doug? For better or worse, bench press versus squats. Uh, depends, but. I would have loved to have a great bench press, but my better numbers Wing were shots. squats.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's reason. I mean, I, um, bench press is more applicable than people think. A lot of it is mind over matter early on. Mm. And then, yeah, I mean, you do, you can get a big old chest and big old arms. And for football, especially, like, it's really appropriate because you got to push people off, you got to explode. Uh, but I would actually say, I'm, I'm with you. I think squats are actually a more, effective, and plus, you know, it's all about that base. About that base, <laughs> yes. no trouble.
5: Yes. Uh, for better or worse, Nevada's buzzer beater last night versus the Cavs' buzzer beater last night. I'm going to go with the Cavs, and here's why.
3: So, Nevada, uh the same player who missed three out of four free throws, right?
5: Yep. Um Jared Lucas?
3: Yeah, so Jared Lucas, who so my brother signed. He's actually from... I think Los Altos High School, he scored like oh, almost 3,700 high school points. He did, like second all-time leading scorer in Southern California history to Tracy Murray. Anyway, Jared Lucas, great dude, but he missed three out of four free throws, then came back and made the game winning shot. The The thing about the Max Strews play was, I don't know if you saw, the Cavs got a steal and then Lucas stole it back and the, the Mavs got a dunk like right before they threw the yeah. ball in bounds. So the sequence event was so wild, and they're like, oh, my God, how are you going to lose on that play? And then Max Struess throws in a half-court shot. They didn't lose on
5: that. Yeah, and if Nevada, if Lucas's doesn't go down, they go to overtime. Yes. But uh has won the game as opposed to losing it. There you go. All right, for better or worse, Reed Shepard versus Jeff Shepard.
3: Ooh, I'm going to go Reed Shepard. All right. Jeff Shepard did win a national championship. That's his son. His mom also was a hooper. Reed Shepard, great performance, game-winning shot with 35 last night on the road at Mississippi State in Stark Vegas. But I'm gonna go with Reed because he's done it at a higher level as a freshman, although we we all know college basketball more watered down than it was when his dad was
5: here. And quickly, for better or worse, leap year versus non-leap year, because we got one tomorrow. I like leap year. I like another day. 29 days. And that's game time. That's
3: game, huh? Game time. This
6: is game time on the Doug Gottlieb Show. All right, coming up
3: next on the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. We do something we call the the Midway. What's the greatest buzzer beater any of us have seen in person? That's next on the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. The
1: The Midway.